0: Big morning shows. Good morning, American Today show. CBS this morning leading with uh, Fathead walking across the line there into South Korea. Stepping across with a big smile on his face. Inviting the guy from South Korea back over and they go back over into North Korea. I can't stop watching the video.
1: It's amazing. It's going to become a traditional dance at Korean weddings. The jumping back and forth across the line, Jack.
0: Anyway, we'll see where this goes. Hey, and by the
1: way, Michael, we're going to go big on North Korea a little later on in the show. And I want heaping helpings of Dennis Rodman. The man who brought peace to the world. <laughs> so you're not giving Trump credit. You're giving Dennis Rodman credit. Trump's
0: emissary, Dennis Rodman. Gotcha. It's true. Well, either way. And what's weird is their friends. Listen
1: to how magnanimous he is. Either way. I don't <laughs> care who gets the credit. <laughs> well, either way. Well. Listen. Listen. listen.
0: Oh, Dennis, Dennis, Dennis. I got it. Let me, let me do this.
1: That was... Later later characterized as the Rodman Doctrine, what he just said there.
0: You know what kind of day this is? It's the kind of day where I'm having an Oscar Mayer Lunchable from the vending machine wow. for breakfast. Wow. It's that kind of day, ladies and gentlemen. Um, uh, <laughs> right after the late-night joke-off, we're going to uh, talk a little bit about Bill Cosby, how big he was at one time. You know, the, the, the I think most of us knew he was guilty <laughs> or felt like he was guilty. This story broke a long time ago. So we kind of used to this. It's not yeah, shocking. Right. But since he finally actually got convicted of something, yeah. we'll talk about it a little bit. Right. But all the the late-night comedians, a whole bunch of them took a swipe at Trump calling into Fox & Friends yesterday morning, which you heard live.
1: I did, uh, coincidentally, and it was very enjoyable. But I will grade each of these comedians on the quality of their joke. The bottom uh, grade will uh, be banned for life from comedy. President Trump did a live phone interview with Fox & Friends It was tough for Trump. He didn't know whether to focus on the questions or watch himself on TV. One asked to give himself a letter grade. Trump showed his trademark humility.
2: I would give myself an A+. Nobody has done what I've been able to do, and I did it despite the fact that I have a phony cloud over my head that doesn't exist. Sir, that's not a phony cloud. That's your hair.
3: Why did Trump say he called into Fox & Friends? because it was Melania's birthday. Like, what does that mean? He's like,
0: honey, I've got a great celebration planned for us today. I'm gonna talk to some TV people while sitting on the toilet. (laughs) Like, oh, thank you, Donald. My life is a beautiful dream. You know, I didn't like the joke, but I liked his (laughs) accent.
1: (laughs) I think it's all of a package. (laughs) Jack in that three-way joke-off. Jimmy Fallon with a B-minus, and it's really more a C-plus. I'm just feeling generous. Myers with a B. That's eh, fine. Uh, Noah, what's his name? Yannick Noah? Trevor Noah? Tre- Trevor, Trevor Noah. Noah. that's it. Uh, with a strong A plus, but. including his follow up comments, Unfortunate, but unfortunately, unfortunately <laughs> he is deducted a full letter grade for being a foreigner. But that still makes <laughs> him the winner, right? Oh yeah, and he gets a B plus. So Fallon is banned for life. <laughs> That's our first ever foreign winner from the late night joke. That wow. is wow, correct. It, well, and it takes uh, an extra effort.
2: Because of the full letter deduction.
1: <laughs> that, right. <laughs> do, you
0: of, uh, do you have the clip of the the clip of Fox and Friends people trying to get to Trump off the air? Uh, th- uh, yeah, that, I've got that, the rock. That was that was, the, there were so many aspects of that that
1: were crazy.
0: Now, I didn't see the interview. I was watching MSNBC this morning playing clips of it, and they, they said, um, you know, we're rivals or whatever, but we really give credit to the questions they asked over there and bringing these stories out of him. I, so you thought they did a pretty good job from a journalistic standpoint?
1: Yes. Yeah, actually that did strike me at the time was that it was it was fairly it was a serious interview. Cool. Um although Trump was fully trumpish and was just going off on tangents and it, he was so enthusiastic about the whole thing. It was just fun. it was like a campaign rally but just talking to three people on the telephone. This is kind of odd though.
2: Department should be looking at that kind of stuff, not the nonsense of collusion with right. Russia. There is no collusion with me right. and Russia. And everyone knows it. We've talked to you all both.
1: day, but it looks like you, you have could. a million things to do. But I hope you could and and
2: you can vote join vote us please please again, Mr. President. Thank you so much for being and with us. Good luck with your book. It's going to be a winner. Thank-
0: so, so, did they have a, a break they had to get to and they got off the yes. phone with the President of the United States? Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, you-
1: I tweeted last night about that and and, you know, uh, James Comey was late getting to Brett Baer's show, Special Report. And so the, the the pace of the interview was like lightning. It was too fast. And then the follow-ups were lightning fast with all the, the panelists and the rest of it. And then he gave way to the next show. And, uh, you know, they will blow out all their programming if some idiot shoots three people in a McDonald's. You know, and they'll go live to the shooting, wall-to-wall coverage, blah, blah, blah. I just thought it was a very, very odd management decision. You got the POTUS. Going wild. Bro. Going wild oh, on the phone. Seems like and, he's and, and, willing. And, 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 sir, 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 sir. We got to go to break. But thanks for being with us. <laughs> he wasn't like some the, the expert on blueberries talking about the fungus <laughs> that was impacting this year's crop. It's the POTUS in his full Trump. And they, <laughs> and they to cut him off. It was just a bizarre decision. And they could have had Brett Bear have Comey grill, because Brett Bear is brilliant. He is one of the great journalists on the planet. Have him grill Comey till Comey forcefully gets up and leaves. It was great. And then have smart people talk about it until they're tired of it. Right. Seriously. Some idiot shoots up a McDonald's. They will crush all their commercials and programming for hours. Come on.
0: And especially in the modern way that kind of live TV works, where something like this goes on. The, the spark gets lit on. So, hey, are you guys watching right. Fox? Are, do right. you, are you guys seeing this? And then it just grows Excellent and grows and point. grows. You, Excellent point.
1: You want to keep that moment going as long as you can. Now we got to go to commercials. <laughs> Please pipe down, Mr. President. Click. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> so, uh,
0: well, you heard it live. Yeah. So I, I've heard clips, which might be unfair, and then people's characterizations of it. Some people are saying Trump was, you know, it sounded like.
1: Close to unhinged. He was effusive. I said it sounded like he had four or five cups of coffee. He, he, was, uh, he was very enthusiastic about the conversation and, uh, and talking a lot. Mm-hmm. He, he was, you know, when you interview people, you hate the one-word answer, like they hate being here, and you hate people who speechify. Um, every single question was an excuse for him to do a 10-minute campaign speech, uh, rally speech, defense of himself and his policies and his administration some of it was really good substantive stuff but then he'd veer off onto a tangent and and you know talk about his enemies and you know it was a typical trump
0: and some people feel that him particularly saying that hey, cohen does barely anything for me i mean just oh, a cohen ty- yeah. yeah yeah that uh might cause a real problem with cohen and personally
1: and that cohen might think i do hardly anything for you i've dedicated my life to serving you like a slave I've sacrificed my happiness for you. That's so who? That's yeah. it. <laughs> and and you know, and you got to keep
0: that guy happy.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: If you are Trump, I don't know. You know, who knows? Who knows what the relationship is or what's going on?
1: Well, there. and uh, everybody at MSNBC, of course, is is going absolutely hog wild with the fact that he said uh, Cohen represented me in this crazy Stormy Daniels thing. Yeah, he did that, but so okay, that means Trump did know of it. And so something or he's admitted he knew about it, which is, uh, you know, it's not criminal, but it's moral and blah, blah, blah. And nobody cares. Um, but he said he didn't represent me in, in really much at all other than that, which makes Cohen's whole attorney-client privilege thing much, much weaker. Sure, of course. Yeah. And and then, you know, Trump's saying, hey, they're looking at his other businesses. and Says stuff. who? Yeah, making Donald Trump m- kind of making. I already it look like, answered your question. <laughs> kind
0: of <Okay. laughs> making it look like you know he's probably a criminal. I don't know what all he's got going on, right, him, but he's, he's got You know they're all, looking at his his problems. All
1: sorts of hanky crap. Yeah, well, yeah,
0: I don't know. We'll see how that turns yeah. out. Yeah. I did want to talk about Bill Cosby. Uh, some stats that are quite amazing, and I missed this till somebody pointed it out through this whole hashtag Me Too and all the celebrities, powerful people, politicians, actors, actresses, musicians, everybody. That have had their careers ruined. This is the very first person that's actually faced any justice in a courtroom. Mm. The
1: only one. Interesting. So far. And we've uh, failed to mention the new accusations against Tom Brokaw. We do have morning. to. Oh, what's your show here? What's
0: your show, what's your show here? Undergarments.
1: To. Are we all oh. talking like this? <laughs>
2: I'm uh,
1: accused of
0: the people. Yeah. NBC and Alley News. I'm only joking because I don't think he did it. But Uh, Cosby and Brokaw, both on NBC. She got to take a look at the bird. And rather, now that's a toucher. (laughs) You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty show.
2: Armstrong and Getty.
1: The conscience of the nation. Of the nation.
2: we have four children <laughs> because we did not want five <laughs>
1: See, guy had, that's the problem the guy had timing man oh he, he was a brilliant comedian one of the greatest ever 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 right Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you got your celebrities, you got your public figures, then you got your beloved public figures who aren't like beloved because they're famous. They're just respected. Yeah,
0: I'll get to that in a second. I thought this was well presented yesterday, I think, in The New York Times. Bill Cosby was convicted. That was Bill Cosby from the Cosby show in the 80s. Probably should point that out.
1: First you got the shackles and the orange chute, and then you had to sit on the cot, and then they take your shoelaces. That's Jack. That's Bill Cosby describing jail. Wow. Fabulous. (laughs) Uh, Bill Cosby
0: was convicted of sexual assault on Thursday more than 50 years. 50 years after Christina Ruli says Mr. Cosby raped her after giving her drinks that made her pass out. 40 years after Judy Hearth says Mr. Cosby got her drunk and raped her at the Playboy Mansion when she was 15. Wow. More than 30 years after the model Janice Dickinson says he sexually assaulted her, raped her, after giving her wine and a pill. And you could go on and on, because there's a whole bunch of
1: them. Aren't there 60-something women?
0: Yeah, 50, 60 women yeah. that uh, say he did this over f- a 50-year period of time, half wow. a century. I mean, it's just incredible. And Cosby was such a big deal. Um... In 1987, he was the highest paid entertainer on Forbes magazine's list in the world at an astounding $100 million. I did the uh, uh, adjusting for inflation calculation. That's $225 million. He would be at the top of the list now. I mean, he would be. Wow. I mean, that's enormous. Wow. That's a huge. That's like Madonna had a world tour and has got a new album out sort of money. Um you know, one year off. He was making that kind of money regularly in the 80s. And more than that, as Joe is getting to the whole beloved thing, this um, PR firm that specializes in what what people are the most believable, and that's how you make all your money as, oh. a, uh, as an endorser. Is
1: that the Q rating, or is that different? Uh, is this, that just being known? I
0: don't, yeah, Q rating is just matter. being known. This is the yeah. most believable endorser out there. The three most believable personalities are God, Walter Cronkite, and Bill Cosby, and two of them won't do endorsements. Wow. That's God and Walter Cronkite. Bill Cosby was the most believable person in America for during this 14... This is
1: God for Red Sea Ford.
0: During this 14-year reign over the ad industry's public approval index, he was number one in the country... For public approval of celebrity
1: endorsers for 14 years. And what did he pitch? Flavored cow hoof. (laughs) Gelatin. Jello. You got the wiggle and the jiggle and the cow hoof.
0: (laughs) Advertising Age wrote in 2003, only the Pope was more popular and believable than, this was back in the day, only the Pope was more popular and believable than Bill Cosby in the 80s. After a seemingly faithful marriage to his life wife since 1964, the hit TV shows in which he played beloved figures, his clean comedy routines, etc., etc.
1: Kids, that, that that pope that we're referring to, that was an anti-communist pope, not the communist pope we have okay. now.
0: So, <clears throat> this guy built a reputation where he was the most liked, trusted person in America for 14 years. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Whilst... He was uh, drugging women and raping them while they're semi-conscious or unconscious. Yeah. Which is its own weird quirk. You know, he is, he's in the same category of uh, the scumbag they arrested the other day, serial killer, in terms of having a weird, evil kink that you can hide. Uh, I mean, it would seem.
1: Yeah. What he did, and what his defense often was, was he kept it close to, hey, we're partying. We're all getting a little messed up, and then we're going to have sex. You yeah. know? Um, but he would you know, incapacitate women.
0: Well, as we've discussed many times, and a lot of people have pointed out, he was a good-looking, super-rich celebrity. Those people tend to get sex yeah. as much as they want. Right. So there was something about the making them pass out that was part of it, the extra evil part that he needed to have, because yeah. it wasn't just the sex. Yeah, bizarre and evil. Yeah, And then who knows what's going on with his wife that he's been married to since the, the mid-60s. She either, who knows, who knows, she's um, aware and doesn't care, numb to it, I don't know. Yeah, who knows what their relationship is. And the bastard's finally going to prison, but it's just, it's it's unbelievable. I'm, I'm hoping, everybody's hoping that there's been a change in the culture where you couldn't do that anymore, you couldn't pull that off. Mm-hmm. People would feel like they could go to the press, the press would listen to them.
1: You know, I find myself... I'm trying to imagine what that compulsion is like I think in he wants somebody. to have sex with dead people. Well. And he wasn't willing to go your there. your diagnosis. No? He wasn't willing to break into funeral homes at night or what have you? Or kill people? Right. Berg. He wasn't willing to take it that next step. Yeah, I don't Thank know. God. I don't know. I can't imagine what that compulsion is like. I find myself thinking, though, because there are sociopaths who might want to hurt or control or have sex with the incapacitated, um, and they they have no morals, so they can't be rich. There are also plenty of people who have weird sexual urges, and they know they're wrong, and they try like crazy to suppress them, and sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Uh, I wish there was a way people could, I guess you could get a shrink or something and say, look, I got this urge to do this stuff. I haven't done it yet, I don't want to do it, but I'm constantly thinking about doing X, Y, and Z. I kind of wish people who had those kinks could get help. You know, they knew where to go. You, what do you, you know, you call one eight hundred. I'm kinky. I don't know. It's just if this. But as I
0: mentioned before, uh, through the whole hashtag um, Me Too movement, and that whole thing started with Harvey Weinstein. Cosby's story broke before that, so this is kind of coming. And,
1: and a lot of people believe... And the first trial was before that, wasn't yep,
0: it? Yep, and a lot of people believe that his conviction in this has a lot to do with the changing attitudes of everybody.
1: Right, which could be dangerous. You know, if it's just uh, the tide is, throw all men in prison. But in this case, I don't think it is. I just think no, it's, but, um, yeah, this sort of thing happens a lot, and these are uh, this is not an incredible, wild story. Well, I'm, I'm more willing to
0: believe it now. I think everybody is. Somebody that you would have never guessed would do this sort of thing does this sort of thing. It's much yeah, easier right. for me to believe it now than it used you're to be. You're right. Um, now, yeah, I guess anybody could be doing that secretly.
1: By the by, I have a feeling the allegations against Tom Brokaw are true. I oh, believe really? the accusers. Oh, we better talk about a- that. And, yeah. and I find the accusations ridiculously minor. Okay. It's just rude and dumb. Well, I'm Tom Brokaw. Uh, uh, a guy you're came all up, looking be- hot tonight. Uh, guy... <laughs> This is an American story. This is an American story. I'm a bit of a perf. I, uh, I was hoping you'd do more of your Cosby, frankly. <laughs> I'm getting more broke off than I need. A guy came up behind her and tickled her. It was humiliating. Yeah, that's, that's stupid. It's just stupid. But let's not refer to ourselves as tickling survivors now, okay? And that's not mm. lump
0: it in with rape,
1: right? certainly. Right. Because he, he's not being one, accused
0: of anything more than that, is it? Well, he?
1: that, and he, he went to her hotel room, said we ought to get it on, and tried to kiss her, and she said get the hell out, and he got the hell out. I mean, again, it's rude and it's dumb. um, But it stopped immediately, apparently. There were two incidents where he, like, tried to come on to her a little bit, and she said no, and, and he, he got. So I don't, I just, yeah, let's... That, I can't they, believe we gotta we, have a grading system. Remember that? Yeah. Some, one of our listeners came up with a really good grading system. I
0: can't believe we haven't worked that out yet. That's the, a class one, particularly the media, where they still refer to everything as a sexual assault. They're calling the Cosby stuff a sexual assault. He raped people. Meanwhile, I have it on good authority, Peter Jennings, is a serial flasher. <laughs> you can't call Brokaw tickling a woman and what Cosby
2: did both sexual assaults. That's crazy. Right? Don't do that. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? I well, President Trump cheering on the end of the Korean War. Commercial DNA data companies now a valuable crime-fighting tool. And Amazon raising your rates. Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. And I will stay with them.
0: You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. This early show's giving Bill Cosby a kicking with Gloria Allred on the set. Geez, that uh, lowers your credibility. Yeah, She's all over this story. They probably like taking a shot at the NBC star Cosby. And then ABC, Good Morning America, is taking a shot at Brokaw, another NBC star. Meanwhile, NBC is going with dogs who look like celebrities for their ah. show or something. Um, so, yeah, they're they going big on Brokaw on uh, Good Morning America. So.
1: And as usual, Marshall has a tie-in with the giant celebrity Marshall
0: Well, I was just And the tie in to... is always the same, Marshall. <laughs> I was just going to say I lived
2: and worked with Tom Brokaw's daughter. Of uh... course you did. Umbrella in uh, Eugene, Oregon. We any, worked... any celebrity you bring up of a certain age range.
1: Marshall has bedded a close relative.
0: Oh, like, there's
2: no betting going on. We both worked together at a, at a station called The Cave in Eugene. Now, oh, I, I lived... thought you said you worked and lived with her. I did. I lived with she and her boyfriend. They had her? this okay. huge, huge house on the side of a hill. She was a jock. I was uh, the news director. I mm-hmm. see. Very, very smart, very did funny. Did Tom Brokawber to touch you? Uh, no, but I did. I used to have the home phone number at the ranch in Montana. And that, oh. dang, I actually called it a few times mm. to talk to her. So Joe's going with Tom Broco did this. Yeah. It's just not a big deal. You
1: know, I don't know. I just heard his, his denial. Yeah. And it is specific, categorical, absolutely not, never. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, th- that's what
0: struck me, that's why I thought I didn't think he did it. It didn't have any of the that her recollection's different than
1: mine or any of that stuff. It was just, just very pointed, right right? She asked me to stop by and give her advice a couple of times. I did nothing inappropriate.
0: Who knows? Uh, Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips.
2: Kim Jong-un has now returned to North Korea after a summit with the South uh, Korean President Moon, in which they vowed to remove nuclear weapons from the Korean Peninsula, but provided no specific new measures. Kim and Moon firmly grasped each other's hands during a lavish farewell ceremony at the border village where they met. The summit was almost inconceivable just a few months ago after a year that saw them seemingly on the verge of war. Well, that's the way a lot of negotiations work. Well, not a lot. Almost
0: all negotiations work. It gets the diciest right before you have a breakthrough. Yeah. Um, it Just kind of by nature has to be that way.
1: And what, what percentage uh, do you put on this is a significant breakthrough as opposed to a North Korean head fake?
0: Oh, we'll only know it in retrospect. But what's your gut feeling at this point? I think it's something. 55? 45? I'm just just basing it on his facial expression, really. Mm. Hmm. Guess what? He don't want
1: war. He looks relaxed and overjoyed. Well, I'm looking forward to chatting with Michael Oslin of the Hoover Institution about this in just a few minutes. It's not impossible that he would,
0: you know, decide at some point, I don't want this. I was born into this. I just, what is this?
1: Dictating's too hard. Yeah, it's Or at least this brand of Dictating. I want more Chinese-style Dictating. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Meanwhile, the president cheering the news on Twitter this morning in all caps, Korean War to end exclamation point. The United States and all of its great people should be very proud of what's now taking place in Korea. Going on to tweet, good things are happening, but only time will tell. True, true. Yeah. DNA samples from a uh, relative on a genealogy uh, genealogy website. is being credited for helping track down the Golden State Killer. Sacramento detectives say they searched dozens of online family trees in search of somebody who fit the killer's profile. DNA from crime scenes were used to create a genetic profile, which was then matched with profiles available online (coughs) from a commercial DNA database company. All of that investigatory work led to the arrest of 72-year-old Joseph D'Angelo this week, now accused. Of killing a dozen people, at least forty-five rapes, and more than hundred home burglaries in the seventies and eighties across California, he is going to be in court later on today. HBO, by we're the way, we're actually
1: looking forward to talking to one of the original investigators of the the, the case um, back when he was known as the East Bay or the East Area Rapist, right? Um, and it committed probably one or two or three murders before the, the real killings began, but uh, the desperate search for him and what that was like at the time.
2: Turns out HBO's reportedly acquired the production rights for the true crime novel based on the Golden State Killer. The network's going to be developing a docuseries for I'll Be Gone in the Dark, the book that was written by Michelle McNamara, comedian uh, Patton Oswalt's late wife. So HBO's already got the rights to go ahead and do that
0: series. I've certainly noticed that the various crime sketches they had over the year at the time that he was out and about were pretty damned accurate.
1: Yeah. 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 I've been impressed by that.
2: One last note. Amazon's going to be increasing the cost of its annual Prime plan. As of May 11th, the company's raising the price of the annual Prime membership from $99 to $119. Amazon's CFO says the increase is due to the service's increasing costs. Amazon Prime right now has over 100 million members around the globe. The increase is due to the fact that we think we can charge this much and still keep you around. Yes. <laughs> yeah, please. don't think it's because they actually need the money. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation.
1: I ordered a big, heavy piece of equipment that showed up two days later with free shipping. Now, I'm not an idiot. I understand that shipping is one of their costs and they price accordingly. Uh, but it is... It's amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. So from July of 2017, 64% of U.S. households have Amazon Prime. Oh, really? That 64%. is a tidbit. Wow. wow. Huh. I know we do. And uh, couldn't imagine living without it.
1: Uh, who are we talking <laughs> to? We're going to talk to Michael Oslin from the Hoover Institution, expert on uh, Asian-Korean relations, about the, quote, Breakthrough. North and South, is it symbolic? Is it meaningful? You got to check out the video of the little dictator
0: of the hermit king- kingdom just walking out into the real world, stepping across the line. Who would have thought? Happened yesterday. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty show.
1: Armstrong
2: and Getty. The
1: conscience of the nation. Don't let the
2: sound. going forward
3: for the denuclearization of, of the korean peninsula
0: going forward the denuclearization of the korean peninsula and if you haven't seen the video yet uh, while you were asleep little fathead evil kim walked across that line in the demilitarized zone that separates north korea and south korea walked across with a smile on his face Shook hands with the uh, president of South Korea. And then they walked back across the line. He invited him back across. It was just a moment you couldn't have imagined a couple of months ago.
1: Striking, but what does it mean? Let's talk to Michael Oslin, who's a the Williams Griffiths Research Fellow in Contemporary Asia, Military History, Contemporary Conflict Working Group member, uh, with the Hoover Institution at Stanford. Uh, Michael, it's great to talk to you again. How are you? Good morning. Doing well. So uh, the the video, the images, very very. Uh, striking, as we said. Am uh, I a naive sap for getting all excited about it like a school kid? That's another way to put the question I was about to put to you. Is Jack a naive sap?
3: Yeah, he is. But <laughs> it's okay. Uh, it's okay because look, this is this is a train that for now has left the station, and um, you know if you've been watching Korea for decades, as so many of us have, as you guys said, this is something you never could have imagined. Uh, The South Koreans are driving it right now, um, and in some ways, that's the way it should be. It's natural. It's their peninsula. It's their two countries. Ultimately, peace on the peninsula comes from them being able to resolve, you know, issues that now go back for seven, seven decades. But we in the United States and pretty obviously the Trump administration is what we're talking about, have to figure out how far we're going to be willing to go. Uh, You have to go in with eyes wide open, but there's really no way to stop this right now until the two Koreas themselves stop it.
1: Do you get the idea that the South Korean uh, leadership is as uh, coldly realistic as, as you'd want them to be?
3: No, I mean, look, the, uh, the South Korean leadership, which this is an accidental president in South Korea, right? He was uh, elected because the previous president, who was a conservative, was impeached and removed from office. This is not uh, the, the person that we expected to be dealing with. He is from the left. Uh, he was uh, a top aide to previous left presidents. This has been a goal of uh, the the left in Korea to have this type of engagement, this type of holding hands and and walking over the lines together for a very long time. Again, at the end of the day, that that itself is not bad. The question is, how quickly does it go and how prepared are the South Koreans under a liberal government to maintain the alliance with the U.S., uh, to talk about real protective measures for themselves, uh, how quickly do you do you start talking about reunification? Because all of it comes down to the question of will the North give up, in essence, all of its aggressive actions, which includes an unnecessary nuclear program?
0: I'm thinking back to what it reminded me of last night. I hope uh, it ends up being that way. But uh, when the Berlin Wall came down, just all of a sudden, holy cow! How did that happen so fast? And there are a lot of smart people. No offense to smart people like yourself, who study this stuff for a living, who didn't see that coming. Is there any chance that this is one of those deals where just all of a sudden, bang,
1: we're all shocked?
3: Yeah, look, that's how history works. I, I'm with you. I mean, none of it. None of us saw the fall of the Soviet Union. We didn't see the fall of any of the the, the Soviet bloc. Uh, I think, um, you know, the difference uh, here, of course, is that. You know, with the Soviet Union and its satellites, it, it, these were countries that were not allowed to break away from the Soviet Union. And so the leadership, you know, was completely illegitimate. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that the, the Kim regime is legitimate, but there's no one backstopping the the, uh, the North Korea in the same way, that it's part of, you know, it's part of an empire that is controlled from, let's say, Beijing. That's That's not the case. So... You know, for the North to suddenly say, look, we're going to be giving up everything that has defined us for the past 70 years is a little bit different, I think, from the, the you know, the four decades that the Eastern European nations in many ways had, had been trying to separate themselves from the Soviet Union, least certain movements within them. Uh, this, you know, this is a this is the world's last true totalitarian state because of this regime. This is a murderous regime. This is not a regime that has talked at all about letting its people start to move freely to the south the way that, for example, you saw beginning in East Germany. This is not a regime that has begun to liberalize at all. And there are no movements, as you saw, coming up from the ground that that's what happened in Eastern Europe in the 1980s, in the late 1980s, right? It was solidarity in Poland, and it was the color revolutions. We don't see any of that happening in North Korea today. So this is still a process that is entirely driven by Kim Jong-un, and the question is, what is he really trying to get out of it?
1: Michael Oslin is an expert on Asia with the Hoover Institution. Um, Michael, is it possible that China, perhaps uh, maybe matching some of Kim's urges, have said, listen, you liberalize to a Chinese-style model, you still have the reins. It's going to mean unimaginable wealth for your country and your people. You will be a god. We will assure the stability of your regime and your uh, you staying in power and your security. Is that even possible?
3: Well, I think look, China would like to play that role in the sense of getting the U.S. off the peninsula and separating South Korea from the United States so that North Korea is in essence protected as a buffer state and then of course you can work to increase your influence over South Korea over time whether or not that would would actually work with the South Korean populace I think you know that's a different question China definitely wants to be the the sole superpower that is able to influence events on uh, on the peninsula what's interesting here is that you know Kim in his own way I mean this we get, we got to remember this guy is wildly successful right now i mean i don't i don't think we've really stopped to appreciate just how successful he's been uh both politically diplomatically uh, strategically and believe it or not even economically so in a way he's almost beginning to insulate himself from china with this success now there's so many different moving pieces right one major part of any peace agreement is getting the U.S. off the peninsula, and, and, you know, that's going to be the discussion between Washington and Seoul. But in another way, if he is successful in in basically bringing about peace between South Korea and North Korea, in one way that may actually make it more difficult for China, at least overtly, to get involved. Interesting. I
1: was
0: just thinking, because some of this comes down to psychology as opposed to geopolitics, you know, if he just decides... This isn't the way I want to live this isn't what I want this is this I, I want to be different than my dad and my grandpa but then I was trying to think of any dictators that have ever done that. Um, I can't think of anybody yeah. ever deciding you know what this is a bad idea let's, let's I'm going to become a nice guy. I don't think that's ever happened in history.
1: Any nice liberalizing third- generation African kings you can come up with, Michael <laughs> or anything like that?
3: Yeah. Look. You know. Look. Well. It's even beyond that. Look. This, as I said, this is the world's last true totalitarian state. These, the people of North Korea are brainwashed. Uh, They've been starved in the past. There's nothing that compares to this. But the problem with the with the liberalization argument, I think, for Kim, is that if you think about it, in a uh, if if you actually really brought these two countries together, there is almost no role productive role that the elite in north korea can play in a free and open korean peninsula what i mean is sure if they take over the south and then they just make the south like the north yeah but but i i don't think that's going to happen well that's
1: why i was suggesting like a chinese system chinese communist system
3: yeah it's well again the south would have to agree with that and i think it's 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 much more difficult if you're talking about unification
1: no i just meant for the north alone because that's what my money's on they just uh, institute oh, a more Chinese-style, yeah. you know, system in the North.
3: Yeah, I, I think I think that's, you know, the, it, it's right. The problem is, compared to North Korea, you have a much more thriving civil society in China. Uh, it, it, there just is. There is a much wider uh, ability of people to go back and forth, um, of foreigners to come in and live long-term in China. There is much more information in China that flows. You know, the Communist Party in China today is trying to clamp down on that, but that's That's difficult. And, and, you know, if, if you compare China to the United States, yes, it's less. If you compare it to North Korea, it is a magnitude greater. And I don't think that the North is willing to do anything like that, because once its people see how their brethren in the South are living, they are going to really want to do that. Right, right. That is the Gorbachev example. Well, I'd like to,
1: Michael, sorry to interrupt. I'd like to talk to, we'd like to talk to you all day about this, but unfortunately we're up against a hard break. Final question, do you ever refer to Kim Jong-un as Lil' Kim, just to make your colleagues laugh? Uh,
3: I do, but no one's laughing today.
1: (laughs) Shame. Heck of an interesting story. Michael Oslin of the Hoover Institution. Michael, thanks so much for the time. Really, really interesting. Thanks anytime.
0: We got the video at Armstrong and getty.com because it's it's something to see.
1: You know, he's so right about uh, liberty creates an energy that demands more liberty. Mm. And uh, old Kim might have a hard time hanging on to power. Hey, no. we have a, a investigator of the original mass murder case back in the day coming up next on the Armstrong and Getty show.